Border Dance with your host Yasmina Ramsey, where we explore how world dance expresses the inexpressible and helps us to understand the meaning of our existence. Today I'd like to introduce you to Jaycea, a bright and generous soul who wears many hats in the dance world. She resides in Toronto, Canada. Her creativity not only manifests in her dance artistry, but also in her many initiatives that are always serving an uplifting community. From empowering young girls to giving voice and exposure to black dancers internationally and unifying Toronto's belly dance community. Hi, Jacia. Welcome to Deeper Dance. I'm really glad to have you here. I know you mostly from dancing with my company with Arabesque, and you will go down in the Arabesque History Halls of Fame <laughs> as, as being the best save ever happened on stage without of it. all time. Of all time. And just so the audience understands, we're in a huge theater that's like a fishbowl. You can see like a dancer on stage blink, and there's, I think, 12 dancers in a choreography. I'm sitting in the wings watching the girls, as I always do, very proud of them. Then JC's bra strap breaks, and she's trying to hold it together, keeping her arms down so it won't come off, but still trying to do the choreography. She was brilliant. This is like her first show with us. And in it, she finds a place where, the, where the, everybody's moving through space. And instead of going to the position she's supposed to go, she goes to the wing where I am. Yeah. Yeah, and there you were waiting with a with a safety pin. Yeah, there I was waiting with a safety pin. So I did you up, and then she waited for the next time when everybody's moving again, and just slid in there, and no one knew except me and just JC. And everybody's like, "Really, that happened?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was. Legendary. Even if you watch the video, you'll never know that it happened. So mm-hmm. that was brilliant. It was so professional. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> So I want to talk about three projects, mostly her Buddha belly. From the day I saw your advertisements about it or any information about it, I was very interested in it. I didn't understand what it was about at first and what Buddhism has to do with belly dancing or bellies or anything like that. But I saw the pictures and what it was happening, young girls and things. I thought, ah, okay, this is like a community outreach thing. So do you want to tell me about what was the driving force behind and what happened? First of all, thank you for inviting me on your show. And uh, yeah, her Buddha belly was initially funded by the Toronto Arts Council. I was looking for a way to share the art of belly dance with my greater community, specifically youth, ages nine to 12. In that, I also decided how cool would it be to invite non-belly dancers to come in and do workshops with us and then join us in a belly dance class. So over the course of the nine weeks, we have um, everything from chefs to broadcasters to athletes to makeup artists come in and do a workshop with me and the girls on what they do. And then in the second hour, we do a belly dance workshop together. And so that's the program. And then at the end, we create a piece and hopefully have the opportunity of performing it for their family and friends. And is this an ongoing project? So her Buddha belly is a mobile project. So I take it to different communities. I've worked in uh, Regent Park community, Lawrence Heights community, Eglinton West. And so it's able to move to different areas of the city. And yeah, we're just waiting for the next round of funding and we'll pick a new community to work in. 
what do you hope to achieve with that program? Like, what is your purpose? I think that the ultimate purpose is to create a space where we could have discussions around self-esteem, body image, and just general awareness of how we're feeling as girls, as women in this crazy world. And you know, getting in touch with our deeper emotions and thoughts through movement and through dance is such a powerful, such a powerful tool. So my hope is to inspire these young women to not only do anything that they want or become anything that they want, but find new ways to express themselves uh, using their body. Why did you choose the age group of nine to 12? I think that preteens, young women, they're, they're in a very fragile place, um, vulnerable place in their life where puberty is happening, bullying is happening. There are so many forces, whether, you know, online, social media, or at school in the playground. And I know that when I was that age, I had positive female role models around. I had all sorts of women from all walks of life to, to look up to and to inspire me. So that's something that I want to give back. And uh, for our audience who are not necessarily from Toronto, all those, uh, I don't know what you said, Queen West or whatever you said of the areas in Toronto, is there something specific about those areas or they would just happen to pop up? So the areas that I work in are typically Black communities or POC communities, also uh, low-income areas, areas that uh, have a lot of social housing, things like that, um, where the kids are often sent to a community center and that's it. There's not a lot of programming. So when I come into those communities with, you know, hey, I have this belly dance workshop, the kids get really, really excited about it. So I try to go to places where they wouldn't otherwise have that opportunity. What was the genesis of this idea? Uh, well, I was looking for a way to engage youth, number one and to teach dance. And this was early on in my dance career. So I, I thought that kids were the, <laughs> the perfect guinea pigs. And they were, they were, they taught me so much. And now, you know, years later teaching adults as well, I apply some of those very same skills that I, that I used um, with those students. So it's been wonderful. It's a wonderful journey. Would you say that there has been marked changes, growth within those communities because of your program? Has, have you seen direct results? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely in the performance segment of the workshop, we see the kids who were shy and would barely, you know, lift a finger, you know, standing front and center with full confidence and full smiles. So that for me is the most rewarding part is seeing that transformation happen over a course of weeks. Wow, it's beautiful. So then the other project that I know you doing, because you invited me to dance, and that was Hip Kick Triptych. Yeah. <laughs> Please explain what that is. So it's just as crazy as it sounds. Um, <laughs> I know it's a mouthful. So Hip Kick Triptych, that was born out of me trying to find a way to bring the belly dance community, the belly dance scene in Toronto together um, on one stage for one event for one show. So what we did was we had three live musicians and three performers, and they would be different every month. And uh, yeah, some would be improvised, some would be um, choreography um, pieces. And we put on a three-hour show for the audience at Drome Taberna, which is a venue in Toronto that embraces, um, you know, up-and-coming musicians, up-and-coming dancers, and, and things like that. So perfect spot for us to, to have that function. 
And what was your reason for starting Hip Kick Triptych? I felt that, and I still do feel that the belly dance community is very siloed and, you know, kind of separated and cliquey at times. So I thought it would be really cool to, also because I have, I have roots in all of those scenes, you want to call them. So I thought it would be great to bring everybody together under one roof for one shared cause and just to show some unity um, amongst the dance community. I feel mm. that we needed, we needed something like that. In some ways, sometimes, I don't know you that well, but I see you from afar, watch you from afar, and I kind of feel like a kindred spirit in the sense that I've always felt that I've either not been welcome on stages or there wasn't stages I could sit on comfortably, any kind of venues, you know, as my, in my art form. So I always ended up creating them instead of waiting to get invited. My teaching, my, in the mainstream dance world, I was never welcome. So I created a, a multicultural dance festival. I created a dance company that made my art form a little more prominent, things like that. So I feel like you're like that. Like you, yeah. you don't wait for somebody to invite you. You're like, this needs to be done. I'm going to do it. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's exactly right. There, there was nothing happening like that in the city. And you know, a lot of the restaurants that, you know, used to be downtown that had belly dancers, they, they closed down. And so most of the shows are on the outskirts in the GTA in the suburbs. So yeah, it was so nice to just bring something downtown and bring together a combination of dancers that inspire me and dancers I've danced with in the same room. It's just, it's something so powerful about that. And would you say that you've seen some changes or results happen because of that project? To be honest, I, I don't know if I've seen them yet. Mm, I, I mm -hmm. think, yeah, it's one of those things that maybe down the line we'll look back. But um, I think for the musicians, I can say there are plenty of musicians who study Arabic music that hadn't had a chance to play with belly dancers that now have. Right. So that's been wonderful for them. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so your new project, I don't know anything about really, the Asmara Belly Dance Initiative. So yes. how did that start and, and what is that all about? A Smart Belly Dance Initiative started out of me trying to diversify my belly dance network and, you know, meet more belly dancers from outside of my, my country. So I reached out to a group that focuses on belly dancers of color, mostly in the States. I felt very inspired by everything that I was seeing and I started talking about ideas to bring everyone together. And ironically, it actually was not received very well by the moderators of the group. You know, I think they felt that I was maybe overstepping being a new member and coming up with these wild ideas. So, um, yeah, so unfortunately it was not received very well, but through that, you know, people noticed and they heard about what I was doing and they said, no, this, this actually is in line with what we want to do. And so now, there's a team of six women we've, ne we've never met. I mean, we're from all over North America, and we are establishing the world's first global belly dance festival that focuses on POC dancers. So the workshops and the, um, the costumes for sale and the musicians um, are all chosen with this concept in mind. Also, the money that we're raising for this festival will also be going towards subsidizing travel expenses for those low-income dancers who, again, like, like in Buddha Belly, wouldn't have otherwise had the chance. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a huge thing. It's a huge feat. Never been done before. Very exciting. But um, again, like you said, we're really just 
creating spaces where there where there are none. A lot of us have been to Egypt and you know different places to study dance, and we go to the festivals, and we don't see many people that look like us teaching, mm -hmm. organizing, even participating. And so we want to we want to bring that to the forefront and and mix it up a little bit. So this is not necessarily the group that you first approached, but you met people through that group that now you've organized. And why Asmara? Oh, I know why. <laughs> you tell <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. So Asmara um, is uh, the capital of Eritrea, but it also means black and uh, or dark and. Um, I think in another language, it, it ironically also means the four that come together, which is interesting because it was initially four of us that came together on this idea. Mm. Um, now we are six. So the name, the name represents us, what we are, which is, you know, black woman, the dance that we are, that we are doing, which is Egyptian style belly dance. It, it has a beautiful ring to it. And when will this festival take place? Well, despite COVID, we are hopeful that we can run this festival summer of 2021. Right. So yeah. live in summer. Live, yes. Live and online because ha we have seen the, the, the benefit of having the option for people to mm -hmm. attend remotely as well. So, but yes, live. And it will be held here or in the U.S.? So we're actually going to let our participants vote and decide on the location that they'd like to go. I love that idea. And That's it's beautiful. open to everybody. It's open to everybody yeah. to attend. But our, our focus is providing opportunities for POC dancers. And what has the response been like so far? Amazing. Just amazing. We've surpassed more than half of our fundraising goal in just a couple months. Many people have reached out about future collaborations and, you know, ways in which they want to help. So we have some exciting things actually coming out in the next couple of weeks. So I'm very, very excited to share that with you and everybody else. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's exciting. Are there, besides those three things, are, are there any other amazing things that you do that I don't know about? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, actually, two days ago, we coordinated a mural painting on Baldwin Street in Kensington Market with six Black female artists from the city. And they were paid for their time. You know, it was, it was funded by the city and we fundraised some, some money for that. So if you have some time, please check out the Baldwin mural. What else? I, uh, I recently graduated from my master's in inclusive design at OCAD. So I now have a master's degree in inclusive design and accessibility. And so I'm hopefully entering the workforce next month, which is also really exciting to go from dancer full-time to dancer part-time, designer part-time sort of things. When you say designer, inclusive designer, what do you mean by that? Designing what? It's everything from built environments to policies, systems. But specifically, the work that I will hopefully be doing is um, with the WSIB, Workplace Safety and Insurance Board, in their accessibility department. So I would be making sure that doing things like economic modeling, so looking at uh, where the money is going and if the results are actually giving them what it is that they desire, them being the clients, the people that utilize and access these services. People are low vision, um, some people are low hearing, some people are in wheelchairs, some people can't speak English. They're all barriers to accessing services, and, and essentially my job is to make that easier for them. So, JC, what would you say is your, like, <laughs> <laughs> what is your, 
your, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your driving force, your passion that gets you up and initiating all these wonderful projects? From what I can see, what's in common with all of them is a community outreach, a, a way of lifting up people. But yeah. how would you describe what it is that drives you? This has been a thing I've tried to just sum up into a sentence for my entire life. But to be honest, I, I think seeing my parents as a child, I mean, my dad was a graphic designer, painter, and my mom was doing social work. And then together they opened a restaurant. And now my dad does construction and concrete. And my mom, she loves to sing and make board games. Like they're just, I, I come from a very eclectic family. Growing up in that space, I've always been nurtured in a way that I could explore things and, and what I wanted to do. That being said, I've also felt the harsh realities of this world, being a Black woman, trying to navigate all of these you know, wild worlds. And I can see that it is very difficult at times. And sometimes all you need is a little bit of support and a little bit of a push. And so I want to be there for you know, not just Black women, all women as that form of support, if I can be. And I think giving back and, and designing things, whether it's a belly dance show or um, a skate park, I want it to feel welcoming for all, all people from all walks of life, because I think that we all have something wonderful to offer this world. I really do. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you want to say? You got me to talk about all of my projects. It's crazy to hear it all laid out. Well, it's wonderful, all the work you're doing, and I think our art form has a lot to offer mm -hmm. um, in the ways of lifting, especially women up. You're one of those movers and shakers. Thank you, um, and so it, are you. So you've been a huge <laughs> part of my, my dance career and my growth, so thank you for the opportunities that you've provided me as well. It's wonderful having you. So take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye, Yasmina. Bye. Thank you for joining me, your host, Yasmina Ramsey, for this week's episode of Deeper Dance. If you would like more information, please check out my website at yasminaramseyarts.com. I hope you join me next week with more fascinating guests and more ideas to ponder inspired by dance.